Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS. This is Alfreda, your host, bringing you the most from What Did God Say? What did God say? Well, I tell you today, God said, if you don't have your house in order, do you think it's time to get it in order? You know, it's so many things that we can spend time doing and places we can be going. But if somebody showed up to our house and stepped across the threshold of the door, is our house in order? And I'm not just talking about physical order of keeping things arranged and and nice and neat and clean, but I'm talking about spiritual order as well. Because in this life, there are two foes to living, the natural and the spiritual. And the natural things can teach us spiritual things, but the spiritual things are the things that give us life and that we may have life more abundant. I'm going to try as always, to put a limitation, because I know sometimes that the mind can only absorb a limited amount of space. You know, everybody, I have to remind myself, is not like me. Because, you know, I get so excited in the Lord, you know, I can just go on and on and on about the goodness of God. Because I know when I do that, it's something inside of me that maketh me rich. And I'm not talking about rich for money, but I'm talking about rich in my spirit. And the more I talk about God and the more I listen to people that impart in my spirit about God, the more at peace. Mm, my, my, my. That I receive a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that keep my mind from being caught up into day to day to day activities, a peace. That's what the spirit of God does for me. But in talking about getting your house in order, do you have your house in order? Well, today I'm going to give you three Profound scriptures to assist you in getting your house in order. And before I get into those three scriptures, I want to say this to all of my listening audience. You know, all down through the years, even from a child, I was taught by my grandmother how important it was to keep your house in order. You know, the old people used to say that. You better get your house in order. But I used to think in it in a natural way when I was younger. Until I got grown and mature and realized they didn't just mean the house that you lived in, but the house of your body. You know, the, the Bible says that our body is a temple. A temple is a dwelling place. A dwelling place is a place that keeps a parameter around us. And so this body of ours, this flesh, these bones, this shell, all this, and we work on it. Some of us with exercise. Some of us with the word of God. Some of us with educational um tools for social advancement but the roof over your house is your head and if you don't have a proper roof over your house all kinds of stuff come through the roof rain creators you have to be Very careful in keeping your roof over your house in order. Everything, all the information that I'm about to relate to you is going to be very important for your mind. Because the mind is the main vehicle that keeps the body aligned. You know, that's why when we want to do physical exercises, sometimes they say, get you a partner to help motivate you. 
Because if you don't have a strong mind to motivate you into the direction of doing something that's going to strengthen your body in exercising, and that's going to keep your mind pushing you to do what it is you need to do, you'll find yourself stagnated. And it's the same way when it comes to the word of God. The first scripture I want to give to you. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Is Galatians. The fifth chapter, the 19th through the 21st verse. And we're talking about getting your house in order. And when I was meditating on this, this, even the topic today, getting your house in order, you know, the Holy Spirit, the way it deals with me, sometimes it just starts flowing in my mind. Sometimes I, I, it moves so fast until trying to catch up with my thoughts. You know, I outthink my hand. I can't write fast enough or I can't retain Everything that's flowing in my mind at the time God is giving it to me. So that's why I may jump in and do a podcast and then I may wait a minute. And and it's just so much. It's so much, so much, so much that we need to know about the God that we say we serve and believe. Galatians, Galatians 5, 19 and 21, it talks about the works of the flesh. And the reason that I came to this conclusion is because I've been thinking a lot on children, children. You know, it is so imperative for these children nowadays in the world that we live in to get our house in order. But the children can never align themselves you know it's just like an alignment on a car when the wheels start um um you know having that little shimmer in it and 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 they tell you your car need an alignment because the stern wheel it just shimmers when you drive it's the same way with children if the parents are not aligned they're like the vehicle They're the ones that sit in the driver's seat. The children are scrapped in, especially the smaller they are. They are protected in the car seats. And the other children, even if they haven't reached a certain age, by law, they have to sit in the back seat. So the parents are like giving control to children to drive a vehicle. And this is what was coming to my mind because I said, God, what's going on with these children? You know, because there was another shooting in another school that hit national news. But they, they don't even touch the surface sometime on the local level of what's going on with these kids. You have kids now, they don't want to go to school. You have kids that when they go to school, you know, it's just so much chaos there. So I was asking God, what is going on with these children in this generation? And so that's when God said to me, the parents don't have their house in order. And the more disorder your house is, you are going to see it acting out through your children. Do you want to get your house in order today to save your children You know, there are things I had to do. I could sit here and say, well, I didn't have to do them because I was grown and I could have made whatever choice I chose. But I didn't say there were choices that I could have made. There were choices I had to make because, because of the love of my children. I had to make them. I had to make these choices to save my children. I had to make these choices to keep my children from seeing death, hell, and destruction. I had to make these choices to cover my children. So I had to 
get my house in order. No, it wasn't always in order. I used to party and hang out. But I was always mindful, when I say always, of the spirits that I invited in my house over my children. Now, my children can never tell you I, they, I threw a party. I'm not knocking people for what they did. Let me get that clear. But I was very conscious in my relationship with God to understand I could not entertain a lot of diverse spirits in my house. Because, see, the Bible says when the enemy comes in your house, he will bind the strong man. Oh my God. Mm. So I didn't I didn't invite. When I had invitations, it was family for fellowship. And I used to have family that came from near and far. And and they would come. But they came and they brought harmony in my house. And they came and they brought structure because we was all raised in the same way. So they didn't bring confusing spirits in my house. You know, everybody came in my house. They served the God that I served. And if they didn't serve the God that I served, I didn't know them because I didn't entertain them in my home. You have to be careful. Oh, my God. Of the spirits you allow to open the door and enter into your home. Are you, do you have your house in order? You know, even my friends, when they came, we talked about God. Because they believed in the same God that I believed. And there was even some Sundays that people in the neighborhood, in this one apartment complex I live, we started having a fellowship in my house on Sundays. See, we gathered together in the name of God. And when we wasn't gathering together in the name of God, like another friend of mine used to come and she and I would walk and work out. We was talking about getting our bodies in order. But I was always mindful. And if I had a little small get together, my children were never at home. That was those weekends that they got a chance to go visit their dad. And I may have a little setup. But I was always mindful of what spirits that I expose my child to in my home. Now, when they go to school, there are things that we can't control. But there are some things we can put in place that God will cover them. Oh, my God, I need somebody to get a deliverance. And getting their house in order. Okay, the works of the flesh. Now the Bible said the works of the flesh, and that's Galatians 5 and 19 through 21, are manifest. Now that's the first thing it say, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. So somebody might be saying, what does manifest mean? That means it's something that everybody can see. That's why sometimes when people say, I don't want people knowing my business and people all up in my business. Let me tell you something to help you today. That when you are walking in the works of your flesh, everybody can already see it. The Bible said that it's evidence. It's manifested. The manifest means you can see it. It's no secret. It's no secret that when I had my firstborn child, that I had to conceive that child by laying down with somebody. And so it's no secret when we are an adulterer, when we commit fundication. An adulterer is a person who serves other gods. It's no secret because people will see what you glorify. It may be yourself. It may be your husband. It may be your children. It may be your mama, your auntie, your uncle. But it's evidence. It's manifest. People can see who you put on a pedestal. My God. People can see from the evidence of a child coming forth that you done laid down with somebody. People can see when you mismanage money, when you lose your car and your apartment and your house. And the bill collectors at your door. 
These things are manifest. The Bible said any works of our flesh, people can see when you are a rival, when you are always fussing and arguing. People can see when you are a drunk. I'm telling you what the scripture says now. I'm just a messenger. This stuff is not for private interpretation. Somebody see you and I have a saying that if one person know, it's no longer a secret. My grandmother taught me that. If one person know, it is no longer a secret. Amen. So stop falling out with people thinking that they telling your business. Your business on front street. When you're operating according to the Bible now, when you're operating in the works of the flesh, people will know because people will see. And if one person see it, it's no longer a secret. So try not to fall out with somebody about what you put on front street because your your life is evident and God says it will manifest. There's nothing hidden when you're operating in the works of of the flesh. I don't care how many people you think don't know. It may be 10 people. It may be 10,000 people. But one thing I know. What the Bible said to be true. It is manifest. And it said the works of the flesh. Is adultery. Fornication. lasciviousness, Uncleanliness. Uncleanness. Adultery. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outburst of wrath, outburst of wrath, selfishness, selfish, I'm sorry, dissensions, heresy, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalries. Now these are your 17 works of the flesh that I just ran down and you can locate them in Galatians the fifth chapter 19 through verse 21. Now some Bibles because the King James Version is one I generally use they may word it a little different but they mean the same thing. Most people know what adultery is. Adultery is a voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is not his or her spouse. Okay, because some of you all may not have the true meaning of these words. And I wish I could simply just say to look them up. But I know sometime in this modern day generation, we don't want to make time. That's too much investment. You know, we, we, we gotten away from studying God's word. But I wrote this back in November the 20th, 2011, because I was in a study. God had taken me in a study on working of the flesh. So he had me to write all these words down and define these words. So today, God brought this information back to the frontlet of my mind and positioned me to put my finger on it. And he said, that's where I need you to come from today. The works of the flesh. So if you're guilty of being an adulteress, it's manifest. Somebody see you. And that's, again, voluntary. It's not talking about force. It's when you voluntarily sleep with someone who is a married person or a person who is not his or her spouse. Now, the second work is fornication. And fornication means sexual intercourse between two people who are not married. So anytime we lay down with someone, and we are not married to them. We have committed a work of the flesh that's called fornication. So everybody who has children who know you have a boyfriend or a man friend, however you want to label him, that you're not married to and he's not married, you're committing fornication. And see, this is why I'm saying getting your house in order. When we're trying to teach our children about God, are we teaching them by example? Are we just telling them something and we're doing any kind of way? Because that would destroy anybody. Most people have a hard time being led by somebody who's doing the opposite of what they're teaching them. Amen? Amen. 
this the 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 second the third one is uncleanness. Mm. You know, my grandmother used to always say that cleanliness was next to godliness. And I couldn't understand what she meant by that. But I just used to think <laughs> she used that that scripture to make us clean up. And, and, and you know, and, and if she told us God wanted it like that, then, of course, we was commissioned through a commandment to do it. Because she used to tell us. Cleanliness was next to godliness. So I knew I wanted to have a relationship with God. So I thought it was just cleaning up the natural house. But oh, but as she used to also say, keep living. And as I continue to keep living, I knew she meant a whole nother arena to cleanliness. Yes, natural cleanliness of your house is important. But also spiritual cleanliness is even more important. Amen. So uncleanness, it means morally wrong, regarded in a particular religion as impure, unfit, impure, or of an evil spirit. So it's talking about, are you clean on the inside? Because the more you clean on the inside, you, I promise you, I, 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 I witnessed this. You could not be in peace with God in your home, talking to him, and you surrounded by things that are out of order and disarrayed. And I know everybody not like me because one thing about me, I, I try to live in a way where when people come to my house, first off, I like them to inform me they are coming. Not to make time to get things in order, but to see if I feel like entertaining as I get older. Now, when I was younger, it didn't matter. If people came by, dropped by, I never had to apologize that my house wasn't in order. And now I try to live that way spiritually, that my house is in order. Does that mean we're going to make mistakes and things sometime out of place? Of course. But for the most part, people never came to my place of dwelling, to my house, my home. And things were out of order. Dishes in the sink. The floor need to be swept. The bathroom need to be clean. Because all that does is speak volumes to anybody that enters in. Anywhere you live, if you don't appreciate their blessing. See, that's what the Bible say to us, to be good stewards. So I've always practiced being a good steward. If God blessed me with a car, I want to keep it in order. I want to take it to get mechanical work on time. If God blessed me with a place to live, I show my appreciation. Even my clothes. If God blessed me with clothes and shoes and the money to buy them, I didn't throw my clothes all over the floor. I don't live like that. I'm not an unclean person, naturally or spiritually. I'm not walking around unfit and impure because the Bible says, even Webster, because these definitions I got from Webster, it is considered a spirit of evil. You're unclean. Anything unclean. You don't want to eat out an unclean plate. Some people are so funny. Oh, they crack me up. And I'm going to say this and keep it moving. We go to the buffet and don't let a plate have a little speck on it or a glass that don't be clean. But then you wonder sometimes, but people live in an environment that's like that and they'll make such a big issue at a restaurant. Like, I be thinking in my mind, really? But see, people don't want unclean items. And if you feel that way individually, when you are out eating, just believe this. When people come to your house, they feel the same way. They may not tell you, but they do. Are you getting your house in order? Mm. The fourth one is lasciviousness. Now, remember, let me just say this again, that the, that the works of the flesh are manifest. That means people can see them. So nobody talking about nobody. Because if they can see it, if people can see your house not clean and in order, and they go out and talk about it, people shouldn't feel some type of way. Because I feel like this about everything in life. If it's something that bothers you, that you don't want people to say about you, 
If it bothers you and you're able, do something about it. If it bothers you, do something about it. Now, if it don't bother you, okay, then don't worry about it. Don't feel no type of way. Don't get caught up in your feelings if you don't care about what people are saying. Because the works of these flesh are evidence. If you're sleeping with somebody's husband and people talking about you, guess what? They talking about what you put on Front Street. They talking about what you put out there. Because these works are manifest, the Bible says, through you. If you're an adulterer, uh, I mean a, a fundicator, and you laying up with somebody and you got a boyfriend, well, okay, it's manifest. Even if we don't know it, people will know it when that baby comes forth, okay? I'm just saying, they'll know you operated in the works of your flesh. Number four is one that's, ooh, a lot of people don't even understand. Lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. The definition is a promiscuous and unprincipled in sexual matters, disregarding accepted rules, especially in grammar and apparel. Mm. How many people saying bad words and dressing provocative? See, when you're being promiscuous, and you're dressing in a sexual manner. And you disregard rules, especially in grammar. You know, it's some people, they will write, curse their children out. I'm just saying, church folks, talking about God believers. There are people who will dress so provocative that they almost could have walked out the house naked. Because they just so open exposed. You know, all that changed in the Garden of Eden. See, it was then, you know, if you live back before the fall came where you had to cover yourself. Because, see, that's what Adam told God. Once he committed that sexual sin in the Garden of Eden. And God called Adam, and this is in Genesis. Look it up. When God told Adam, where art thou? And Adam said, I was naked and I hid myself. And God knew then he had committed a disobedient act. He had eaten from the forbidden fruit. And so from that time on, God said he instructed them to, you know, to make some fig leaves. That's when he gave him, he, they was the first people to make some clothes, to cover themselves. It's important for you to cover yourself. See, now it's so many people, especially, let me say, those in the house of faith, of believers. They more exposed than the people in the street. Everybody want to wear a split here and a split there and a split everywhere. But all you're doing is exposing your portals. And I think it's even sadder if a woman is married. Because she don't have a need of exposure. Okay, well, you know, some single women, they'll do that to entice. But see, the Bible said this is a work of the flesh. So when you show up in church and you dress in a way of lasciviousness, then don't get mad when somebody talk about your dress too short. Are your cleavage too low? Are your palms hanging out? See, people, we're coming in a time we get so offended by the truth, but we're not understanding we have put ourselves on front street. The Bible said these works are manifest. <laughs> they are visible. You can't get mad at somebody for when you show them something and they have a response or a reply. Amen. Amen. My God. Okay, number five. I got to keep it moving. Adultery. And adultery is extreme admiration, love, reverence for something or someone. How many people are we idol worshiping? That we will do any and everything for. I've seen some people sadly. And there's nothing wrong for rewarding your children. There's nothing wrong with rewarding your mate. 
And it's nothing wrong with rewarding people where honor is due. But when you begin what it says, extreme, see, that's a key word, extreme admiration. And I've seen people like that where your child can't do nothing wrong, can't want nothing wrong, can't want nothing right. And everything they ask for, if a parent don't try to give it to them, they'll bargain with them. That's extreme. Because you're not setting boundaries, even for yourself. You could be idol worshiping clothes and shoes because I used to. I mean, I extremely shocked. I'm not talking about things even within a reasonable manner. Because I, I had more than enough shoes that I needed. I had more than enough clothes that I needed. So when it moved past my need, it became a desire. So I bought things out of a desire. Then I didn't no longer desire. I used to go shop to, to satisfy my emotions. So then it became extreme. And I found myself idol worshiping clothes and shoes. Yes, I did. It was not a necessity. It moved past the desire and it became extreme. So God had to checkmate me. And he said, are you worshiping your clothes and your shoes? You, you be, you're a bit extreme. I'm talking about extreme to the point I didn't even have no room to place them. And once upon a time, I had a closet six by six feet and nothing in that closet was except brand new items with tags that never hit my body. My other closets, I had two in my other room and both of those was full of clothes that I was wearing in the present. And then I had another closet in a front room because I had three bedrooms, nobody but me. And all of them was full of clothes. Well, when the overflow came with the, with the closet, the six by six closet where everything was new, well, it got so full, I had to take a linen closet and put a rod in there to start hanging other stuff that was brand new. That was extreme. And God had to checkmate me and say, you worshiping your clothes. You're spending more time shopping in the store and, and, and having things, things more important than your relationship with me. I had to checkmate myself. And see, sometimes people, and I guess because I didn't have a husband and my children were all grown and on their own at that time. And so, and I had, my money was strong and in a good place. And this is what I did. And I had about 21 credit cards. And I just used them and used my money to turn around and just pay it off for stuff that was just hanging in my closet. And honestly and sadly to say, some of that stuff is still hanging in my closet to the day. Never put my body in it. And some of it, my body can't even fit in it now. But you see, when you don't, when you transfer, see, before it was my children. And then when my children left, because I didn't get delivered, I just transferred it into shopping. So we have to be careful when we get ourselves out of reverencing and serving God first and foremost. Then we'll find ourselves putting and investing extreme admiration and love and reverence to something or someone. And sometimes, many times, people's children have became their gods or their mates have became their gods. And they will do any and everything. They'll go in debt, just like I was doing with my, <laughs> with my shopping. They'll make decisions that are not necessary, like I used to do shopping. Are you getting your house in order? Are you getting this message to help you get your house in order? That was the fifth thing. The sixth thing is sorcery. Mm. Now, a lot of people don't like to talk about sorcery. But just like the, this is the work of the flesh now. And I need you to stay in here with me as I go through these. Because these works, when you get a grip of deliverance and you learn how to pray, this is what's going to help you clean your house. And once you clean your house, oh my God, I got some great information to let you know. So hang in here with me now. I know this is a tight message, but it's to help 
a lot of people. Amen. Amen. Sorcery. Number six, the use of magic, especially black magic. And black magic involves the invocation of evil spirits for evil purpose. Mm. Mm. Can't you tell when evil people are around you? I know I can. I know I can. And see, when you get your house in order, you will spot them like they a big, big neon light just flashing. Here they come. And some of them come with a grin on their face and a gift in their hand. Oh, oh my God. But you can already tell. Them people coming, they're sorcery. And the, and, the, and the definition of sorcery now is the use of magic. And see, when you look up black magic, it's going to tell you it involves, because there's black magic and there's white magic. I'm going to tell you this, this some deep study. See, when you study the word, you come into some real revelations of seeing things just how they are. Now, in this, in this magic, this black magic or white magic, it's when people invocate through evil spirit for evil purposes. That's some people who jealous and they don't like you because they might think you can lose weight and they can't. Or your face cuter than them or your hairstyle better than them. You'll be surprised at the people, people who, who invocate evil spirit for evil purpose. People will even pray. That's why everybody can't pray for me. That's why everybody can't cross my threshold. People will look at you. That's why so much lust for same sex has became so profound now. Because people start looking at people and they start being enticed by the body, by the skin, by the looks. No matter what the Bible says, it's an inordinate affection. Because that's not the way God originated. And now let me say this. I'm definitely not knocking who people choose to be with. Because just like people like to use the scripture and say that it's an abomination. And I like to tell them, well, so is hatred. It's an abomination. So that's between them and God. But I'm just setting the record straight about this sorcery. Sometimes people will lure you in their mind. Evil spirits for evil purposes. They just want to see what it feels like to lay with you. Sometimes women, if other women like you, you will become attracted to another woman. Just because they looking at you and adoring you. You have to be careful who you entertain. Some people will do it out of jealousy because of how you can put yourself together. Put your makeup, your jewelry, your clothes on. And because you're complimented. And it's, and, it, and it's go deep with brothers too. Because how a brother put his suit on and fix himself up and coordinate his ties and all this stuff. Brothers, you will begin to feel that vibe. And I'm telling you, that spirit, it is manifest. You can see it. I see it. And I've seen it in people very close to me. But I don't, I've learned how not to say things. You know, I used, to, I used to call them spirits out. But see, now I know how to watch as well as pray. That's why I matured in the spirit. I said, mm, I see that spirit. Mm, I recognize that. And sometimes, you know, I get quiet even in the midst when those spirits show up. Because I'm praying. And I'm watching. And my eyes be just like a hawk. I watch people every move they make. And just the move that they don't think I listen and hear and know. Then I know. And see, I know how to clean my house after that. See, this is what the topic is. And you getting your house in order. And part of that is keeping your house clean. And I mean clean from spirits. And when you see them spirits and you recognize them spirits. And some of them, because of our lineage. We are entertained. You know how we entertain family and friends? But that don't mean they mean you any good. They can come across your house with a smile and be coming with some black magic and white magic. But see, I have a prayer. When people I know are like that, and, and it took me some years because I didn't used to believe in this stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. I just did not believe in it. I'm just keeping it real. You talk about a skeptic. 
I was very skeptic, even when people talked about it. I didn't want to hear about roots. I didn't want to hear about voodoo. I didn't want to hear about magic. All I wanted people to know is I trust God. But always I kept living. And I started realizing just how people will come against you. See, see, when we younger, we may not notice it. But when you get older and you start wondering how come everything going good in your life and you just took five steps forward and now you seven steps backwards or you took seven steps forward and now you ten steps backwards and then you're trying to figure out, well, God, why is it every time I'm trying to get started in the right direction, something is always fall apart for me? Or you may say, I'm trying to do all I can to keep my child in order and my children in order, but every time I turn around, they're out of order. And I'm raising them in the right way. See, that's the key now. You got to be raising them in the right way. And then you know what you keeping your children covered under the blood and in your house. And then they out of order. See, then you got to realize because people will get jealous. I'm telling you now, people will get jealous because your children get compliments. Mm. If you have a smart child, people get jealous. If you have a manable child and people always complimenting your child, oh, she's so manable. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so smart. And don't you brag on them. Oh, they really get jealous. And they'll start speaking things in the atmosphere behind closed doors. They'll start invocating evil spirits for evil purposes. And they'll say all kind of things. I, I hope her child fall down and, and, and break a leg. I hope her child fail. You'll be surprised at the evil things people will speak out of their thoughts and out of their mouths. Out of jealousy. Now, and hatred. And contentions. Oh, my God. And all those are works of the flesh. Number seven is hatred. Hatred. The definition of hatred is an intense dislike or ill will. Some people just don't like you. I met a brother for the first time who said he had known me for years. And I met him in January of this year. And, you know, as we was talking, you know, we started communicating in December and in January we met. You know, we went on a date. And as we was talking, you know, he said to me, he said, I can't believe you used to be married. And he called my last husband's name. I said, well, why not? He said, I just I just never seen you and him together. I said, well, you know, several people said that. He said, but you know what? I'm glad you're not with him anymore. I said, and I'm thinking he's saying this because of he wanted me and him to be together. I said, oh, well, really? I said, pray tell. Why so? And this was his exact words. I'm going to quote this brother, a brother from the pulpit on top of it. He said, because I ain't never liked that nigga. Quote, unquote. I said, wow. Why? He said, I don't know. I just ain't never liked it. And then I said, it has to be a reason. And this is what the reason they said to me. Because I always thought, thought he think he was a pretty boy. He was a pretty boy. And I said, wow. And see, that's the same individual I said need to go through the process. Because see, even statements, people don't realize what they're saying. And this is a serious thing. How can a person, and that was just that was just a testimony of a person who never admitted somebody did something to hurt or harm them. Nothing. Didn't really even know them. Never really been around them. But they did dislike them. They said this out their own mouth. They said they didn't like him because they thought, he thought he was a pretty boy. And I always had problems when people would say that. Because how do you know what's in people's head? How do you know what a person is thinking about their stuff? How do you know a person think they're pretty? If a person is born with a physical attraction, doesn't mean they think they're pretty. You know, and I didn't used to like when people used to say that even about females. Oh, she thinks she pretty. Well, if she pretty, she pretty. But just because a person is pretty don't mean they have to think it. She could not even think she's attractive. 
You don't know what she thinking because it's some beautiful young ladies. And I'm definitely not into women. Let me throw that out there. But there's some beautiful young ladies who don't even think they are beautiful. So how can you say what you know in a person head who you don't even know, never talked to, never had a conversation with and dislike them because you look at them and they're pretty to you and you say, oh, my God. See, that's another work of your flesh that you just expose to whoever you said that to. See, that's a dislike. That's a work of the flesh. That's hatred. That's why I said we don't have to talk about people. You don't have to tell people your business. When you start talking and conducting yourself in a certain way, then your works of your flesh will manifest. Somebody going to see and somebody will hear. So don't fall out with somebody. Talking about somebody telling your business. What business? I always say if you don't have Donald Trump money, that's when you got business, when you have money. And that's the only thing that gives a person business to me. Because you don't need everybody to know how much money you have. If you're a trillionaire, a zillionaire, a billionaire, or even a millionaire. Now, that's when you got business. But all this other stuff that's manifest, that people can see, that you put on front street, or that you say, and they hear it. If you cursing your children and they hear it, well, then they already know you operating in a spirit of lasciviousness, licentiousness. If you're talking about people you don't like who never did nothing to you, then you operate in this manifest in the spirit of hatred. Now, the next one is contentions. Contentions, number eight. It's a heated disagreement. Mm. Especially when one maintains an argument. Ooh, my God. I'm beginning to feel the pressure. Because that used to be me. I used to be that way. But now, I can't even stand to hear people fuss at their kids. I'll be ready to get off the phone. I tell them, honey, go ahead and take care of your baby or your child and call me back. I don't want to hear all that. But I thank God for deliverance. Because I had it bad. Oh, something got in my spirit I got contentious about. And, 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 and well, now I didn't do the heated disagreements, but I used to exert and maintain in arguments. You know, I felt I had to, I had to get the last word. If I didn't get the last word, then I felt I wasn't satisfied. I felt the next person had the bigger stick or the longest straw, you know. And see, when you pull straws, you know, they would say, okay, whoever wins have the longest straw. So I wanted that. I saw myself in an argument that I had to get the longest straw. So I don't care what they said, even if I couldn't say never. Hmm. Hmm. Long as it was the last, <laughs> the last voice being heard. <laughs> That's crazy. It's funny now that I think about it. <laughs> Then I felt satisfied. Oh, my God. And, you know, people, my, I know my ex-husbands used to talk about me. And I couldn't get mad at them about it because I knew they were telling the truth. That's why I'm telling you people, there's no need to get fall out with people about the truth when it's on Front Street. I put myself on Front Street like that. You know, and that's all they knew. I freaked no, she argued. Because when I got on a roll about a point, I got straight contentious. <laughs> and so, are you operating in that work of your flesh? Oh, my God, I thank God for deliverance. And I'm just saying now, if somebody talk about all you do is fuss and argue all the time, well, it's manifest. Look up the word manifest. <laughs> that means you can see it. And if one or more persons can see it, it's, a, it's not a secret. It, I promise you it's not. You just moving on another spirit by falling out with people for seeing the truth that you expose them to see. My God, you expose them to see that. Number nine, jealousy. 
Woo, honey, so much of this in the land. Jealousy, feeling or showing envy of someone or their achievements or advantages. Feeling or showing suspicious of someone's unfaithfulness in a relationship. Ooh, fiercely protective or vigilant of one's rights or possessions. Demanding faithfulness and exclusive worship, mm, even of God. Now, this is the definition of jealousy. Now, it just covered a, ooh, ooh, it just covered a whole lot of people. When you in your feelings, see, that's why I tell people, you can feel a thing, but it don't make you right. Just because you feel it. Does, what does God say? And it don't just say feeling, but it see feeling sometimes we'll keep to ourselves, but it's a feeling or showing. So when you're walking around and you're showing people that envy that you have of someone because they got five college degrees, it's their achievements or they got a promotion on their job or they achieve purchasing a new car or they achieve buying a house or, or it's say achievements and advantages. So, you know, whatever people advance to and the advantages they receive, are you, are you feeling or showing them a negativity, a negative vibe? I remember one day I called a person and I was so excited. And, you know, God had opened another door because I can give testimony on top of testimony. I'm not going to hold you all up because even on my podcast, you know, it's a limitation of uh, 60 minutes. And then it'll, it'll cut off and I'm almost to that end. So I'm going to have to bring a part, part two in here on getting your house in order because I need to get these works of the flesh down inside of somebody who want to get their house in order. But. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to put a pen in it. You know, a person said to me one time, I said, oh, I'm so excited, you know, and I just got open another door miraculously and I moved in this house and I was staying in Byron and the house had just got renovated. Very nice. And the person said to me, they said, I get sick and tired. Oh, they, well, let me let me try to paraphrase it correctly. They said, you know, you always calling and bragging about what you got. But every conversation I would start is I would always acknowledge God and I would say, oh, God, what God did. God blessed me with this house. God opened a door. God favor fell. But even I came to realize people will be right jealous of you, even about the blessings from God. So we're going to put a pen right there and I'm going to make this a part one. And uh, I'm halfway through the works of the flesh and, and we stopped on on the ninth one, which is jealousy. And I'm going to make a part two and come back with the remaining works of the flesh. And hopefully you will just bear with me because this year, 192019, you want to clean your house up. You want to clean your house up because there are some things that are going to take place in 2020 that's going to blow people mind in this world. We haven't seen the hatred and chaos and jealousy that's coming for 2020 because they thinking a lot of stuff going to close down and shut down but you want your house to be in order because when you get your house in order, no matter what takes place in the universe, you know, your house will be covered. Oh my God. So continue to tune in to part two on cleaning your house and getting it in order. You all have a beautiful, blessed morning, morning, morning. And part two will be following part one. Amen. Love you all. God bless.